Thank you for tuning in to episode 11 of the Phillies Focus Pod. It's been a little while since I checked in, so today I will be looking at the last few weeks of Phillies baseball, providing some injury updates to some key players that are getting close to returning. I'll be checking in on Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber, as well as I'll be looking at a minor leaguer down in Reading who is putting up some really good numbers. So without further ado, let's get this started. Interestingly, Pete Rose used to use a uh, a bat that was manufactured in, J- in Japan, the Mizuno bat, when I was bat boying for the Phillies, and it was oh, really? the hardest wood I had ever touched. Hello, hello. It's good to be back. It's been a little while. I was on vacation. Um, before I get started on Phil's news, has anyone seen Ellie De La Cruz and his uh, debut in Cincinnati? Uh, he looks like one of the most exciting players already up there with Acuna and Tatis. He he had his first home run last night in StatCast. Um, it was the second hardest hit first home run ball ever by a player uh, in the StatCast era. So he had a triple where he got to third base in like 10 seconds or something like that. It was like the fastest of the year. So that kid looks extremely exciting to watch. Cincinnati has some uh, some really good young players coming up. They're going to be a um, an exciting team moving forward in the National League. So I look forward to getting to watch uh, De La Cruz play and moving forward. Maybe I'll try to get to a Reds-Phillies game um, later this year. So just wanted to touch on that. In other words, it's been a little while since I have recorded, being that I was on vacation. Um, it's been uh, as expected with the Phillies for a long time, and this year, notwithstanding, um, up and down. It's been very up and down. Overall, they went 7-8 and eight since my last um, episode. They... They dropped two out of three to Arizona, as I had predicted, and they did end up splitting with the Braves, as I also had predicted. And then after that, it really went downhill against the Mets. They got swept, I think. They only scored like four runs in the three games, something like that. Um, They didn't give up a ton. They pitched fairly well. They just couldn't score uh, against the Mets. They got shut down by Senga and, I believe, Scherzer and... I'm not sure if they faced Verlander. I'm, I forget who pitched in that third game. Um, or third game with Scherzer, but in the in the game that I can't remember who pitched. Um, it's, it ended up going also badly to start versus Washington, where Wheeler ended up giving up seven earned runs in the first, like, four or five innings. Um, so that, they dropped that one seven to eight and that uh losing the last one to atlanta then three versus the mets and then opening to the nationals uh they lost five straight um so things were not looking good but then the pitching started rounding into form a little bit they they did take the last two versus the uh, nationals and they took the first two of the series so far versus the tigers so um lost five straight won four straight that's and the seesaw continues. Um, so that puts them at 29 and 32. They are only three games out of the final wild card spot right now. So things are not completely dire. Um, 
They're still hanging around. They need to keep winning a big, big series coming up this weekend versus the Dodgers, followed by a four-gamer out in Arizona versus the Diamondbacks. So um, pretty important that they complete the sweep tonight versus the Tigers. Game got postponed yesterday due to the uh, this crazy smog rolling and smoke and smog from um, the Canadian wildfires. It's It's been pretty gnarly. Uh you know, orange skies and, you know, sun just barely peeking through, through all the smoke in the air. So due to air quality, they postponed it yesterday, which, I mean, it'd be kind of funny if they end up playing tonight because they say the quality is actually worse in the city in Philadelphia than it was last night. So that wouldn't make much sense, but things often don't make much sense in terms of the ideology behind things like that. So we'll see if they get it in tonight. Um... Yeah, yeah, they ended up uh, playing well versus the Braves in, in games two and three. Um, then the Sunday night baseball one, Dylan Covey, uh, I don't think he got out of the first inning, only went uh, two-thirds of the first inning, I think gave up like seven runs. It was it was a seven-run first inning for the Braves, and that they ended up winning 11-4, to four, so that first inning was obviously the difference. That's all they needed. Um yeah, the Mets series, like I said, they just couldn't hit. Alec Bohm went down. Um, and, yeah, they didn't get anything going that entire series from an offensive perspective. Sosa had a home run one game that I think was their only run of the game. And then, um, yeah, finally turned it around versus Washington in games two and three. And, uh, you know, kind of bled that into the Detroit series. Aaron Nola started off with one of his probably his best game of the year um took a no hitter into the seventh inning before walking a batter followed by a a costly error error by sosa at third um so second or runners on first and second with two outs it might have been second and third by this time gave up a monster home run to right field to uh former phil nick maton um to end the no hitter in a in a very nola-esque fashion um you know, had faced the minimum going because he had two walks but ended up getting one on a pickoff and another on a double play. So he faced the minimum amount of batters, and then before you know it, a 5-0 lead turned into 5-3 with one swing of the bat. But Phil's got a couple more runs in the following inning and um, didn't end up being an issue uh, in terms of closing out the game. But, um, yeah, b- big start from Nola. No, none of those runs ended up being earned due to due to the error by Sosa. Um, so really good uh, things happening in terms of um, starting pitching, starting to come around, because Taiwan Walker also took a no-hitter the following night versus Detroit. I, th- I believe he took it into the six. He might have, uh, yeah, I think he got through five innings of no-hit baseball, uh, did give up three walks on the night, but had eight strikeouts, which... Um, should be right at or around a season high for him. So that was that was definitely good um good signs happening. So up two oh on Detroit in the series, trying to close it out tonight, like I said. Um good news is there are some reinforcements coming on the injury front. Um Bohm went down with a left hamstring injury, but he is He's eligible to return Saturday, and as of yesterday, Bohm did say he does expect to play on Saturday. So, um, 
he won't need a rehab. It's only been out, um, you know, about a week and a half or so. So should get him back. Um, Drew Ellis has come in and played first base. He did have a two uh, home run game. He was a he was at home just a few weeks ago in Indiana uh, when the Phillies called him for some minor league depth. He was playing at Double A Reading, um, so he has played well. But it will be nice to get Bone back, um, and then uh, check in on Hall in just uh, just a minute to potentially uh, have him at first base and Bone back at third. So Alvarado's another one. He has a uh, pitched two rehab starts now, and I think that'll be it. it was interesting to me pitched his first rehab uh, assignment in Triple A Lehigh Valley, and he pitched his second in Double A Reading. Usually, linearly, it seems uh, you'll go up the ladder, not down. So I did think that was interesting. But he did pitch Tuesday in Reading, um, and they do expect him back for this weekend series versus the Dodgers. So. Getting some of our key players back, that's big. Derek Hall has been rehabbing. He is currently at AAA Lehigh Valley. Um, he, for all intents and purposes, is ready to go if the Phillies should need or want to call him out up. Um, I was surprised to hear Rob Thompson say that it is not guaranteed that Hall will be getting called back up to the Phillies. Um, he said it will be um, hanging in large part to his production down in Lehigh Valley and the production of the major leaguers as well. So um, I do presume that we will be seeing Hall at some point um, just to uh, play him at first base versus right-handed starting pitchers would be huge and could kind of finally round out our lineup to more power and more uh, consistent at-bats potentially because then we'll have, um, now that we got Harper and DH, we could... Uh, um, have the lineup we envision just substituting Hall for Hoskins, really, which against uh, a right-handed starter wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, obviously. So um, I do hope to see Hall back at some point soon, and I expect it. Uh, Christian Pache has also been um, doing his rehab assignment through the minors, currently at AAA Lehigh Valley as well. Um they say his health is back to peak, but he needs time to get his swing back. He did have, he had six strikeouts and eight plate appearances in high A Jersey Shore. So it does seem like it was probably an anomaly that he was hitting as well as he did to start his career with the Phillies. But um, hopefully they can get him back to at least somewhat reasonable but so that we can have uh, his defensive glove in the outfield. So. He should be back on the team sometime in June, I presume. Um, I did check base on Andrew Painter. It does. Uh, he had an illness that set him back a week where he didn't do any baseball-related activity towards the end of May for a week due to an illness. So they're just kind of easing him back to throwing um, from 120 feet again. Uh from everything I can gather uh, through research and reading articles, it looks like around the trade deadline is now a realistic target date for Andrew Painter to make his major league debut for the Phillies. So that would um, fit in well to his uh, career innings to uh, pitch the remainder of August through September and hopefully into a, a postseason run. So. The narrative is setting up really well for that to uh, to potentially be something really cool heading down the stretch. Um, 
And just to uh, fill out the injury report, Reese Hoskins has actually been taken off of crutches. He's no longer using crutches to walk around. And uh, the target date for jogging is two weeks from today. So two weeks from today, Hoskins should be jogging. And he's very serious, apparently, about eyeing a um, an end of September into October uh, run for, or return date for a potential postseason run. So um, a lot of things are aligning. If uh, Phillies can continue to tread water, maybe add a player here or there as we get closer to the deadline and through our minor league system. Um, things are setting up to potentially be a really fun August and September heading into October again. So uh, how, how great would that be to see Hoskins back at Citizens Bank Park making his season debut and um, you know, game one of the NLDS, something like that, uh, or the wild card series even. Um, we can dream, right? I mean, Schwarber did it with the Cubs. He didn't return until the World Series, but I think he got hurt uh, a few weeks after Hoskins got hurt this year in spring training. So uh, stranger things have happened. Look at Harper beating the uh, timeline by almost two months, so. Maybe we'll see Hoskins yet again uh, in a Phillies uniform this season. So we shall see. We're kind of moving on um, from the injury updates. I want to touch base on the starting pitching of late, as I mentioned in the uh, the previous series recaps, and particularly the end of the Nationals series into the Tigers series, how good this starting pitching has been. So um, in the last four starts, the our starters have only given up one earned run in the 23 innings pitch. So things are moving in the right direction as we had all hoped, as I had presumed. Um, Wheeler and Nola should definitely find their form. I mean, historically speaking, I know they're getting older. I know the workload that was extended through um, the, fa the fall time last year. But um, with that being said, from a historical perspective, um, it's going to balance out, and they're going to be better. I mean, uh, Wheeler, I'm hoping, has a good start tonight, but Nola's been turning it around. Uh, Taiwan Walker looked really good the other night. He was getting a lot of swing and misses, um, and even Nola had, I think, like 11 whiffs on his fastball on um, on Monday night. So I was thinking to myself, early on, you can always kind of see with Nola uh, as far as where his stuff's at. I was watching him, and I was thinking by, like, the second or third inning, I'm like, um, you know, his stuff is really on tonight, and you could just see by how much he was generating swings and misses, as was uh, Taiwan Walker the following night. So um, we just really need uh, more control, it looks like, from, from everyone. The walks are up um, across the board for every Phillies pitcher, starting pitcher so far this year. Uh Nola and Wheeler have still been good as far as comparison to the rest of the league, but they are definitely lacking command compared to um, their historical trends. So, And then Taiwan Walker is just off the charts, um, just walking way too many batters, um, way too many free bases. Even, even on Tuesday night, like I said, he looked really good, but still walked three batters, a couple of them on, on four pitches. Um, Walked Miguel Cabrera on four pitches. 
um, when he was rolling, hadn't allowed a base runner to that point. So that's just kind of head-scratching. And I, I believe it was then um, Cabrera ended up getting to second on either a wild pitch or a fielder's choice. But just wondering if anyone saw, he literally um, touched Stott's uh, private area and was laughing about it and, and making jokes about it. It's been all over Twitter, but... Um, I saw it live, and I was like, "Did he? Did he really just touch him there, and then say something to him about it?" And uh, yeah, so I'm, I was just wondering if anyone caught that, and uh, you know, or if anyone saw all the talk on Twitter about it. It was really funny. Um, obviously inappropriate. I thought was just kind of laughing, but who knows uh, how he really felt? But yeah, I did I definitely had to laugh, and then especially seeing that I wasn't the only one that noticed it because it was all over Twitter, so that um, Miguel Cabrera does seem like a pretty funny guy. He was hopping all around second base, just trying to trying to cause distraction, I guess. I guess when you get to that point in your career, um, I guess you just got to have fun with it, right? I mean, it's not like he's playing for a contender or anything, so yeah, I mean, just ride it out. Why not, right? But um, yeah, getting back to the starting pitching, and then Suarez has thrown back-to-back good... Um, good outings I mean at this point he's basically in the beginning of April in terms of his progression and reps coming out of spring training so um it made sense to me that he was going to be a little bit rusty to start um off his his major league season this year and uh looking back to his old self I mean he went um I think he first went six in like a third or two thirds um only gave up a couple of runs and then he went at least seven um in his following in his last start uh last Sunday against the Nationals so um with Suarez coming around hopefully Walker can continue and then I do have confidence in Wheeler and Nola really just boils down to that fifth spot which um as of now they have no trust in anyone uh internally after Kobe's start versus the Braves um Plasmeyer down in AAA has not been good at all this year. I believe he's actually on the IL. Uh, it seems like Christopher Sanchez right now is the only guy that could possibly get a look, but he has been struggling um, in AAA for the last few starts. They actually moved him to a long reliever, um, and he's pitched a lot better since then. But, um, yeah, the Phillies just did not accumulate enough depth um, as far as starting pitching goes in the offseason, and it's beginning to show uh, – Matt Strom really saved them in the first five or six starts of the year, but he's reaching innings concerns because he has he's never really pitched um, many innings. I, I believe in 2019 he did, but um, he's already essentially at his innings from last year with the Red Sox. So he's not viable um, moving forward, at least not till closer to the end of the year, um, which makes uh, Andrew Painter's return even that much more um, imperative it seems but I did see something on Twitter about a potential Shane Bieber trade with the Indians but you just gotta think about how, how much that would take to acquire him um, I'm sure oh, virtually every semi contender in the league is is going to be looking for starting pitching as we inch closer to the deadline so that um, it doesn't seem too realistic and you got to wonder about like I said about how much it would really take to acquire him in the first place but that would be that would push uh Walker to the, our number five pitcher which when he sits there you know it looks a hell of a lot better but still that contract for 
a number five pitcher is a little less than desirable, but is what it is at this point, right? Um, so all this to say, things are looking better for the starting pitching. Um, wanted to transition a little bit um, to Trey Turner. And first I will say, so our, wow, this uh, stat was a very depressing one. So our one and two hitters throughout the duration of this year are um, only getting on base at a clip of 270, which um, puts it at the fourth worst um, start or for fourth worst on base percentage from a one and two combo um, in baseball since the live ball errors era started in 1920. So in the last um, hundred plus years, the Phillies are literally um, one of the very worst teams ever um, at getting on base from the top of their order. So that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome. <laughs> um, Trey Turner, even in spite of his two uh, home run game the other day, is uh, at a 677 OPS on base plus slugging percentage, um, which puts him right behind uh, good old boy Shane Langoliers, um, catcher for the 14 and 50 Oakland A's, and he got a whopping 720 thousand dollar contract this year so trey turner um you know supposed to be one of the best shortstops in the league is you know a uh, a worse batter so far this year than the catcher for the 14 and 50 oakland a's who's making seven hundred and twenty thousand dollars um so yeah i don't know i don't really it's got to be mental obviously with turner right um there's no way for us to quantify that um, really anyone but his personal therapist slash, slash psychiatrist um, would not be, you know, equipped to delve into what is really going on. But when you just look at his whiff rate, when you look at his swings and misses, um, he's something like sixth or seventh in the National League right now in strikeouts. Um, he has the highest whiff rate of his career to this point. So he... Uh, seems like he's just trying too hard it seems like he's been trying too hard to uh to make a good impression and to show that he's deserving of that contract and instead of just being himself and and playing the game that he's always played um I don't know if coming into a team that had such high expectations after getting to the World Series last year and you know wanting to come in and and be a, co a key piece that would um you know contribute to their return but yeah, we obviously need to see a hell of a lot better from Turner moving forward. Bryson Stott, who had been at the top for a while, um, uh, he seemed to leveled off after he had that phenomenal start, obviously, with the hitting streak and then really dropped down. But he seems to have um, regressed back to the mean in terms of being a, an above-average hitter as far as a middle infield uh, spot so I don't have any complaints about Bryson Stott mostly just Turner and his um his decision to swing at balls outside of the zone has been the most frustrating uh part so far I mean when he gets to two strikes you almost can guarantee they're going to throw it in the dirt and most of the time it looks like he's swinging right now so um yeah hopefully we don't end up in the one of the three worst on base percentage teams from the top of the order of the last hundred years. Um, they are literally uh, one of the most historically bad teams in terms of uh, 
making outs at the top of the order. So let's hope that uh, that starts to change, I guess. Uh, just one more reason why we're mi missing uh, Hoskins so bad at that number three spot, or potentially he was batting two a lot last year, which I really liked um, as far as his walk. So would be nice to see maybe Stott one, Hoskins two in a perfect world without the injury. But... Um, but I'll digress off of that. Um, to Kyle Schwarber, another very disappointing fill, although he is hitting the homers again. He already has three in the month of June. Um, still, uh, he was down in the 150s. He got back up to, as of right now, he's batting 173. He has 77 strikeouts, which is, um, he is solo for second in the National League, right behind, uh, Braves first baseman Matt Olson, which I was surprised to see. He, um, I didn't realize he struck out at quite the rate he did. Um, I think he has like 82 strikeouts. But Schwarber is at second um, since this time in last June. He has like 215 strikeouts I saw uh, the other day. So um, just another guy that chases way too much. Uh, he is getting walks as well, but um, seems like if it's, you know, there's three options, a strikeout, a walker, a home run. And, um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of people were hoping that um, due to the shift, the elimination of the shift this year, that Schwarber was going to be hitting for more singles um, down the right field line. And that has been quite the opposite so far. So it's pretty head-scratching. But, again, hopefully he will start to turn that around as well. And um, Oh, yeah, sliding back a little bit to Taiwan Walker and um, – there was a funny uh, statement from Scott Fransky, the radio broadcaster, the other day that, that I agreed with. So when when Dombrowski signed Walker, there was a lot of talk and terminology um, using the term innings eater. And that's what uh, Fransky referenced. He's like, yeah, you know, I heard a lot in the offseason about Walker being an innings eater. And he's like, I don't really see that. And then um, his... Uh, Kevin Kevin Stocker, his uh, co-radio host, um, was like, really? He's like, yeah, I definitely didn't presume that. I mean, you look at um, the starts over the years where he's got seven innings, you can count them on, on two hands. So um, that was a term I heard that I guess more than anything, it was uh, over the bulk of the season in terms of not missing time due to injury was, but not necessarily from game to game going deep into games. But um yeah, so far it's like, you know, we gave out that contract because losing guys like Eflin and, um, you know, and the rotating door of the fifth starter last season, we needed some durable guys to come in and uh, eat up those innings. And, yeah, I guess so far he hasn't gotten hurt, so at least there's that, right? Um, I also wanted to touch base on... Uh, Nick Cassianos um, and how well he's been playing. I, I would say for offensively, and I guess overall, um, Matt Strom would be up there. But I would I would give Cassianos so far the team MVP um, right above like guys like Brandon Marsh. Um, so far, uh, has been pretty consistent as far as hitting and obviously his doubles. He, he's cut down the strikeouts a little bit, has raised the walks. I think he's nearing his walk total total from last year already. Um, so I, he has been more patient at the plate and has, uh, although still gets the strikeouts, has, has shown more discipline from that um, low and outside breaking ball. So 
in his last 12 games, he's been on fire, batting um, well above 400. He has 20 hits in the last 12 games, 9 RBIs. Um, so I did just want to mention how, how well he's been playing in terms of uh, just keeping this offense afloat until we kind of all hopefully click at some point. This this team has got to be too talented to um, continue the, the pace in which they're on. Um, so... Looking forward, uh, feeling pretty decent to be 29 and 32 right now. Um, a little bit nervous with the tougher schedule coming. We do after the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks looking down the line um, in the month of July. Even there, there's a lot more Braves and Mets series coming up, so that that's going to be tough. But we got to get them while we can. We got to sweep the Tigers tonight. Hopefully. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll get to the Dodgers series in a moment, so I'll stop myself. I did want to do another segment on um, looking at minor leaguers for the Phillies, which I've titled Future Phillies Focus. So this will be my um, I believe my second time doing Future Phillies Focus. I did uh, Mick Abel the first time around. One of the focus on a uh, young center fielder who's just been putting up pr some pretty staggering numbers of late in Reading, double-A Reading. Johan Rojas, who coming into the year was the sixth-ranked uh, Phillies prospect. Um, so far, I saw on Twitter, he has 14 defensive runs saved um, so far. There's no other minor leaguer in all of the minors that has more than seven. So he's um, doubling up any other minor leaguer in terms of defensive runs saved. And no... Um, no major leaguer um, has more than, I think, 10. So he has the overall professional baseball lead by, by four, including uh, majors and minors. He's also uh, batting 285, and he has 16 stolen bases. Um, so at just 22 years old, Johan Rojas is looking like a, um, a, re a pretty good future center fielder. So that'll that that's exciting because that gives the Phillies some depth moving forward. Um, as far as what to do uh, with their outfield in a few years. And uh, obviously, can always use the defense on this team. So, um, so Johan Rojas uh, is looking like a very, very good prospect now. I think uh, an update on the rankings would probably put him in the top um, three or four. He might be just behind Painter and Abel as far as the Phillies prospects right now, maybe a, maybe even above Griff McGarry. Um, so uh, so that is the second iteration of future Phillies focus. Um, I'm going to just about end the show there. I will be back after the weekend. Um, so just wanted to touch base after a, a slight hiatus. Um, once again, I am on Twitter now. That is at Phillies Focus. Um, so please be sure to go and uh, and give my page a follow. I do do uh, daily updates as far as um, in addition to things going on around the league and around the, uh, the Phillies organization. So again, that's at Phillies Focus. Um, so this weekend after tonight, we got Wheeler going against the Tigers tonight, and due to the um, rescheduling from yesterday, the Tigers do have a good lefty going. Um, so, you know, I I don't, not feeling too great about the Phillies offense tonight, going against a, um, 
a pretty good lefty for the Tigers. So hopefully Wheeler will be at um, at good form and keep them in the game, and maybe they can get to the bullpen later. So I am hoping for the sweep tonight. It is looking like uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday against the Dodgers. We got Suarez, Nola, and Walker going respectively. So that, uh, that'll be good. Um, I'm hoping, and I do think, I think we'll take two out of three versus the Dodgers. So if we can win tonight, uh, taking two out of three versus the Dodgers would inch us uh, very closer to 500 at 32 and 33 going into a big four-game series versus Arizona next week. Um, mostly night games, mostly, uh, I believe, 9.40 p.m., at least Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. Um, so that'll do it for this episode of the Phillies Focus Pod. Uh, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you all at some point on Monday then. All right, go Phillies.